Welcome to the Restoration Church Podcast. To learn more about our church, give, share a prayer request, or access our weekly worship guide, visit us at www.restorationlex.com slash this week. What is up, Restoration family? It is Justin here, and just a quick housekeeping note. We had an awesome Sunday this past weekend, uh, not only the gathering where we worship together, but also our pop-up party at Woodland Park. But the one thing that didn't go well was that we had some technical difficulties with recording the message. So instead of re-recording it, we did a Facebook Live early Monday morning, and what you're hearing is the audio from that. Very same message we did on Sunday, except this is on Facebook Live, so it's going to sound a little different from normal, but uh, that's so you know. And without further ado, here we go. How to pray our second week as we talk about hallowed be your name. Good morning, Restoration family. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I am out at one of my favorite places in the world to go and be still and pray, High School Farm Park. It is one of the hidden gems of Lexington, out in the middle of nowhere. Beautiful park, uh, great little trails to walk on, and to sit and pray. It's a great place. Uh, we had some technical difficulties yesterday with the with the uh, podcasts and and all that sort of stuff. And so I was gonna share. Uh, I decided to go live. Just kind of my heart for where we're at and hallowed be your name, uh, which is where in our how to pray series uh, we've we're been in and are going to be in here for a while. Uh, so our last week talked about our Father in heaven that God is our Father and what that means for our prayer life. And the statement out of that is, hallowed be your name. And it, in some senses, at least I thought for a long time, was just saying, God, your name is holy. But it's actually a request. It's the first request in the Lord's Prayer, asking God, hey, God, we want your name to be known as, to be made, made holy in this world. And when we're asking that question, we need to understand kind of the context of where we're at in the scriptures. The name part of it kind of always struck me as strange. But in the context of uh, Jesus's time, your name was more than just a title. Your name was your reputation. Your name was your legacy. It was everything about it. It's why when Abraham is promised from God, this, this covenant and Genesis chapter 12, he says, I will make you a blessing. I will make your name great. I mean, why would God promise that? Why, why not just a, a blessing? Uh, why the name? It's because Abraham was being promised at the same time, at the same, uh, in the midst of this blessing, that, uh, that his name, his reputation, his legacy, his story would go out and be, uh, be known across uh, time and across nation. And that was the promise. Look at the third commandment uh, we have in the Ten Commandments. Uh, God tells us not to take his name in vain, meaning his reputation, his legacy. Growing up, that was always, for me, uh, you know, the don't say bad words. Don't say God in, in, in inappropriate ways. But in fact, it means so much more than that. In the context of what we're talking about with the, the name, God is saying, you're taking my name in vain when you are using my name. You're using my reputation. You're using uh, my identity and authority for your purposes that misrepresent the character of who I am. And this has happened, as we know, all sorts of ways across time. I think about in the 700s, uh, tyrants like Charlemagne would force their uh, 
their conquered enemies to be baptized or be put to death. It's said that his soldiers rode into the water uh, to be baptized and held their sword outside of the water so that the thing that they would use to murder others would not be brought into the baptism waters and transformed, which they did in the name of Jesus. I think about how Chattel slavery was upheld by so many Christians here in our own nation. Uh, examples like the slaveholders Bible, which ripped out all the parts of the scriptures that said anything whatsoever about freedom and liberation. They, that's the Bible that they gave to the slaves. Doing this, subjecting these people to torture and death all in the name of Jesus. We see it in so many ways in our world today. It's so clear that things are called Christian that are in no ways Christian. We are taking the names Lord and Bane. Uh, I, I hope you know, and I hope I shared this yesterday at, at, at our service, that this is a time of wisdom and discernment for the people of God, because we need to know that there are going to be a ton of things that are called Christian, but that are in no way Christ-like, are in no way a representation of his character in the world. And so I always tell people, if it's not Christ-like, don't call it Christian. And you can label a lot of different things. You can make Jesus your, your mascot. You can make Jesus your, your uh, political slogan. You can make Jesus kind of a thing you tack on to the American dream. But when we do things that misrepresent his character and purpose in the world, we are doing these things, taking the name the Lord's name in vain. That's what he's talking about there in that scripture. And so uh, when we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we're asking God that his reputation be known, that his character be known in the world, his identity be known. One of the things we talked about as a church multiple times over the years, uh, the spiritual axiom that anchors us is this idea that God is like Jesus. God is Christ-like. If we want to know the character of God, we can only look at Jesus. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so there are many misrepresentations of God's identity in the world. And what we're longing for, what we're praying for when we pray, hallowed be your name, is that, Lord, we, we pray that the world would know that when they think about what God is like, they see the God revealed in Jesus Christ. And that's good news. And that's the longing that we have when we pray, hallowed be your name. Now, I, I want to ask, though, how does God actually answer that prayer? Because how would he make himself known in the world? There's, there's a couple different streams of thought in this, is that we look at the evil outside world out there, and we think, oh my goodness, I, I, I want them to know that, that God is holy. I can't believe they're they're, they're living in such sinful, just awful ways. What, what does God do when he answers that prayer? Well, the first thing he does is help us to understand what holiness is in the first place. And his name's going to be holy. We need to understand what holy is. The Bible says first that we are made holy. Ephesians 1, 4 says that God has made us holy. Colossians tells us that God has declared us to be holy. That is who we are. And so we start there. We start with God's holiness. We start with God's declaration that we are made holy in him. Second thing we see in the scriptures is that in being holy, we are being made holy at the same time. I love this verse from uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Two things there. We've been made perfect forever. And at the same time, the same sacrifice is making us holy. It's a sanctification. This is growing in holiness. This is being formed into the image of Christ. I like to understand holiness as wholeness, being put back together again, not just to where we stand in relation to how others are living their lives morally, but how are we becoming 
whole and not whole in the sense of however we define wholeness. Wholeness in the scriptures is Christ's likeness being formed into the image of Jesus. Romans 8, 29, 30 talk about this. They talk about how we're being conformed into the image of the son that God is using everything that we experience bad and good to form us into the image of Jesus. And that is what it means to be fully alive. And the good news is, is that's not happening and forming a bunch of Stepford Christians, uh, people who look exactly alike as they become like Jesus, but that Christ is uniquely formed in each one of us, that holiness, even though there is a commonality in the same Jesus formed by the same Holy Spirit, we have unique expressions of God's goodness and the spirit and how he forms Christ in us. Uh, Dallas Willard says that discipleship is what, it, what it's Jesus becoming you uh, as if he were you. It's, 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 that's what we're, we're in the process of becoming Christ in us in a way that's unique to us as, as we are. That's why I love the church. That's why I love gathering and why I love sharing meals and why I love uh, talking about where we're headed together is because if I'm just experiencing the fullness of Christ that he's doing in me I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not seeing it in others, I, I get to see more of who Jesus is by walking with others who are growing in that same wholeness in Christ that I am. I need other believers to see a bigger picture of who God is, the fullness of the body of Christ, the fullness of how he's being formed into others in the image of Jesus. Man, that is, to me, the good news of what it means to be a part of restoration, be a part of the church, is that I get more, a bigger picture of who God is as we grow together in holiness than I ever could on my own. And so, in closing, that's what we're praying with, hallowed be your name. God, make your name holy. Make your name, your name known to be holy. And don't start with the evil sinners out there. Start with us because we are broken. We are the ones who need to be made whole. And as we, as your people, are formed into your image, we believe you will draw all, all, all the, the world to yourself. You, when you're lifted up, you will draw all men to yourself. And that's what we want to do. We want to say, God, start with us. Start with us, Christians. Start with us, people who need to be reminded that lots of things we call Christian are not Christian at all because they're not Christ-like. God, start with us. Start with our character. Start with our holiness. Long before we get into our moralistic finger-wagging at the world around us, hallowed be your name in us. Make us whole. Make us holy. Make us Christ-like. That's my prayer for our church, man. That's my prayer for us as followers of Jesus. So I want to close in that and pray for us as you go about your Monday and pray you have an awesome week. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to know you as you are. Thank you that you have sent your son to reveal your character and purpose in the world fully and finally. And when we want to know what you are like, we can always look at Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that your uh, your vision, your, your, your identity would be known. And when it be known by a people who declare by their lives, by their voices, their hands and feet, that you are holy. And God, not as a moralistic uh, separation from a world that we think we are better than, but God set apart to serve the world, not set apart from the world, but set apart for the world that we might serve and love like Jesus. So we say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts if we have forgiven our debtors. 
lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.